The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We have a ton of news to talk about heading into the biggest draft weekend of the season. And we're also talking some underdog best ball here on the Friday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're sponsored by Fantrax, the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports, and Underdog Fantasy, home of the biggest best ball contest in the industry. Great time of year to be a baseball fan, to be a fantasy player. I had my main event draft last night. We'll talk a little bit about that and what went down. And Todd, it was great seeing you, man, in New York. I want to just publicly one last time thank you f- for all you did, you and Jeff and uh, everybody who uh, had a hand in Tout Wars. It was a great time. It was surreal, you know, being in Times Square to do a fantasy draft. I have to pinch myself still. It was awesome. So thanks again for making it a great weekend. Peter Kreutzer, Ron Chandler, and Brian Walton were all involved. Yes. I forgot to give a, mention them. Yep. Got to give a, a thank you to Rick Wolf for hooking us up with Tito Murphy's, which I don't want to, you know, uh, spoiler alert, we we could be there again next year. Um, it was awesome, man. Yeah, I've not heard any. They've not heard anything bad about it. Uh, also, would like to publicly congratulate Rick Wilton, the 2023 recipient of the Lar Michaels Zen and Now Award. Um, Rick was the original brainchild, or first pitch Arizona was Rick's brainchild. I know Ron Chandler and Baseball HQ are often credited, but it was Rick Wilton who came up with the first uh, first pitch forum in coincidental with the AFL, which at the time was new. And the community in general that the first pitch forum has fostered is worth, you know, alone worth the award for Rick. But he's also one of the most selfless and when he's active, very helpful uh, people in the industry. He was kind of the pioneer of the injury aspect of fantasy. So uh was very, was very nice to get him on the zoom and surprise him with the Zen and now award. Yeah, that was really cool. Rick Wilton was not in attendance, but they got that rigged up on the TV and he was emotional. And I, yeah, I, I think if I were to ever receive that night, I don't expect to, cause I'm really not that Zen of a person, <laughs> but if <laughs> I were, I'd now. be emotional. I would be emotional too because Laura Michaels was such an incredible person and um, just to have, have that, you know, uh, to be honored in that way is just so cool. So glad uh, Rick Wilton was acknowledged with that award and to just see that genuine emotion was really, really cool. Well, Todd, um, today is kind of becoming Anthony Volpe day. It seems like <laughs> no, I drafted him last night. Little Barry Horowitz for those watching. Little pat on the back. No, it could blow up in my face, but I got him in the eleventh round last night. Then we get news this morning that uh, Anthony Volpe of the Yankees has been receiving support from high-level voices within the organization in his bid to make the opening day roster. That per the Athletic. Then right before we came on the show on this pod, while we were still doing the XM show today, Volpe hit another home run. So. 
still nothing announced, but uh, the fact that he was leading off for what seemed like kind of the A squad and a split squad day for the Yankees, uh, all signs seem to be pointing to Volpe being the the shortstop, and not only that, the opening day leadoff hitter potentially for the Yankees. Yeah, and it it's not as if Oswald Peraza hasn't earned some playing time himself. I mean, this is Volpe, you know, just doing it on his own, not by default. And that's you know that's good to see. And as we've talked about a couple times so far today, it may not be an either or scenario with Volpe and Peraza. The Yankees may find a way to get both of them in the lineup, and who knows? Now, all right. To be fair, Peraza is hitting 171 this spring. He must have gone into a little bit of a slump because I remember it being a little bit better than that when I last looked. I think it's more about um, you know, even though he's slumping, he's only fanned seven times. This is Peraza in 41 plate appearances. Um, so um, you know, I. I'm not as worried about the results. If he's putting the ball in play, it's going to fall. So, uh, but yeah, Volpe's putting the ball out of play. Yeah, three homers now, I believe, and yep. uh, five steals to go with it. And yeah, it seems like, well, they I heard a report from Brian Hoke of MLB.com or saw it on Twitter that uh, Aaron Boone was going to allow his players to pound the table for, for their favorite shortstop candidate. It seems like... <laughs> A lot of the vets spoke up for Volpe and had his back. So Judge has gone on record saying, if you're a big leaguer, you should be in the big leagues. Yep. And, um, yeah, it seems like it's going to be uh, madness for Volpe this weekend, especially in the main events. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be going pretty high here uh, soon enough. And that could, be a, that could be a big guy to swing leagues, potentially, if uh, – He's as good as some evaluators think Anthony Volpe is going to be. Some tough news, though, Todd, this week. Really unfortunate yesterday. Reese Hoskins carted off the field yesterday and later diagnosed with a torn ACL. So, uh, yeah, this is a big blow to the Phillies, and he was being drafted fairly highly, too. So this thins out the first base pool fair amount. Uh, You're going to seek a second opinion, but it sounds like that is indeed a, a torn ACL for Reese Hoskins. So looks like Derek Hall taking over at first. Derek Hall was probably going to DH a fair amount anyway, so maybe doesn't affect his playing time a ton, but this definitely frees up a spot somewhere in the lineup. How they shuffle things remains to be seen, but maybe Jake Cave coming into the outfield? Potentially. Alec Bohm could also move over to first with a little bit of Edmundo Sosa playing some, some third base. You mentioned Jake Cave. Used to be with the Twins, I believe. Or I get the Royals and Twins. Twins. Yeah, it was with the Twins, up. I think. Yeah, right? would, would yeah. play well in spurts, would get exposed for longer periods of time. Josh Harrison could play a little bit more, either at third when Bohm moving over uh, is another possibility. Harrison's even filled in in the outfield a little bit. Um, Cave would enable Castellanos to move to DH. Which I thought you were doing cool. a Kane and Abel joke for a second. Oh, I wish Cave I and do I, do I look like Jeff Erickson? <laughs> Jeff and I had some fun. Uh, we were in a couple drafts together, uh, you know, either together or just uh, he was doing the um, announcing, uh, auctioneering, and I was either there or vice versa. So we were we were having some pun contest. If you if you if you can imagine that, trying to out pun each other. Uh, but the, that, that's always a good time. But, no, the, there are some options on the Phillies. Now, who am I? I don't know that I'm moving Cave up except an NL only. But I'm a, as we've talked about, and I'll continue to say into the season because I believe in it so much. I'm The, the question I want to hear isn't who do you like the rest of the year. It's who do you like the next couple of weeks. And Derek Hall is going to play a lot, and he can hit. And whether even if he's platooning, it, he's going to get a. He's going to be a platoon player worth having. Uh, he's the one I'm jumping up even more right now in my early drafts. In my not my early drafts for the early season numbers. Sure, he may be a guy, Derek Hall, that I look to pick up in Fab this weekend. I mean, yeah. Fab's already getting going. People, don't forget if you've drafted your team that you, you might have Fab this weekend right away. And if I've lost a, a hitter somewhere. Maybe I do consider Derek Hall. And I'm with you on Jake Caves, just an NL only, but he's now on that NL only radar. 
Yeah. If you need an outfielder and a, and a five outfielder uh, NL only. Some big news, fairly big news anyway, out of Dodgers camp. We'll see how big a news it ends up truly being, but definitely time to take notice of James Altman of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He has been confirmed to make the opening day roster, Todd. Not only that, Dave Roberts is saying Altman's going to play a fair amount. Here's the quote uh, passed along by Bill Plunkett of the Orange County Register, Dodgers beat writer. Quote, I want to leave it broad, but for him to be on our major league roster and not play doesn't make sense, any sense at all. So with that, he's going to play a good bit. End quote. Again, that was Dave Roberts on James Altman. So spoiler, when we talk underdog later, he's going to be one of my top players on the rise, James Altman. Outfield gets pretty ugly, so I like him as like a sixth outfielder if you can. And uh, definitely much on my radar to draft as a bench bat because looking at those outfielders, you know, I do think he's going to play much. Chris Taylor's really struggling this spring and not really a center fielder anyway. And, uh, you know, Peralta, Betts, there's some question marks there aside from Betts. So Altman may be a strict platoon bat, but even on the strong side of a platoon, you know, as long as he's the primary uh, guy somewhere in that outfield, he could could be a guy you can extract some value from. I'd feel more comfortable if it was James Hitman, but that's or James, terrible, but... James Homerman, or uh, I'll stop now before you get a new podcast partner and, and before I'm out, man. But, um, yeah, I agree. And, and, and I don't know is if you were talking to James, he could give you a lot more of the in-depth scouting report sort of stuff. Um, it's all number scouting. I've never, you know, I, I don't know much about his game outman that that is, other than the numbers, he's a little bit older than, you know, he's not, not really post height prospect, but he's not one of these 20 year old kid, 21 year old kids like Volpe, et cetera. He is 25, but um, you know, the, uh, the numbers do look good. Decent, decent plate approach, decent athlete. I think that there, I think you're right. There's enough of an opening. Is he a center fielder long-term? Hmm, probably not, but I think again, what have you done for me lately, or what will you do for me soon? I think he fits into that category. Now we'll talk later. I'm not so sure. I'm wasting. I didn't use the word wasting. I just did. I guess subliminally, I am wasting it. A one of my 20 underdog picks on someone who's not playing regularly, but we'll talk about that. Well, again, I think from those quotes, it sounds like he will be playing regularly. So I guess we'll have to see how it plays out, but. I'm taking Dave Roberts at his word right now. Um, and yeah, take these numbers with a grain of salt, but because he was old for the level, as you suggested, 25 years old between double A AA and triple A last year, but 125 games between double A AA and triple A, 31 home runs, 106 RBI, 13 stolen bases. Another caveat is that he's playing some of that in the PCL, yeah. Pacific Coast League, a notoriously hitter friendly uh, league. Yeah. But man, 31 homers, 106 RBI, 13 bags. Even old for the level, that's pretty impressive. No, exactly. You know, for sure. Another guy catching uh, people's attention this spring, and I drafted him last night. Again, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the the draft I did in the main event, but Hayden Wesneski, not just capturing my attention, but he's kind of, aside from Volpe, he's kind of the buzz on Twitter right now, Hayden Wesneski of the Cubs, because yesterday five strikeouts over five innings against the Diamondbacks did not allow an earned run in that game, so. With that outing Thursday, Hayden Wesneski now has a 2-1-2 ERA, 22-6 K to walk in 17 spring innings. Look locked, looks locked into that rotation uh, there on the north side. And you know he's going to get opportunities. Sure, sometimes the wind will be blown out at Wrigley and it'll he'll probably get uh, uh, screwed a little bit. But outings at home against the Reds, Pirates, you know, outings on the road in Milwaukee and in Pittsburgh, I think there are going to be a lot of nice places to use Wes Nesky and may become more than a streamer. Yeah, and his he's he's not a fireballer per se, but his 93, 24-mile-an-hour fastball is going to play up in that rotation when you've got others that aren't even throwing 90, right? I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a straw man or, or exaggeration, but he has a few things that that rotation 
does not have. Wesneski throws the ball a little harder than, well, Hendricks is hurt, but Stroman and Tyone and, and even Justin Steele, of course, when Kyle Hendricks, I don't even know if, I think at this point, I guess we're not quite an if territory, but it seems like we're getting closer to if than when with uh, with, with with Kyle Hendricks. But Wesneski is hurt, right? So right, but, it, you know, it's, it's not so yeah. much when he comes back, but it, we're getting if close he comes to if back territory. As a starter, yeah. Right. Um, Wesneski has, has, has at least beaten out in our, in our estimation, Adrian Sampson and, and Javier Assad. Assad's look pretty good. Um, Sampson's had his up and downs, but Wesneski had a bummer of a, an appearance earlier in the spring, but he recovered from it, as you suggested last time out. Yeah. Pretty darn excited about Wesneski and you still get him. He's one of those Upside guys, you can still get at a pretty reasonable yes, price for sure. as far as I'm concerned. That may not be the case after yesterday's outing, but um, right now you can still get Hay- Hayden Wesneski at a reasonable yeah. uh, acquisition cost. Um, real quick, I just wanted to note that Alex Cobb might miss the start of the season. He's got that knee issue. Actually s- first sustained the injury back on March 11th on a comebacker and just hasn't progressed. I thought when that first happened, like, oh, he should be fine. Plenty of time, but... Uh, yeah, Cobb may begin the season on the IL, and so I think you, you lower him a decent amount in your rankings. Yoan Duran threw an inning yesterday, so he's back in action after taking a comebacker off his leg in the in a minor league game last weekend. Then Jordan Alvarez finally made his spring debut yesterday. So that long national nightmare for Astros fans and for people who are already rostering Jordan Alvarez in fantasy. That nightmare seems over, but um, and it could not. be a Freddy Krueger type right. nightmare sort of thing. Yeah, you know, with that mysterious hand injury. Now, you, you mentioned Cobb. Um, I forget the second pitcher that just got hit. Uh, you know, it's it's not like their elbow or their shoulders hurt. You know, they their legs hurt because of a bruise. What's taking so long? The problem is in when you know, in your delivery, either you push off or your landing feet. The concern. Even if, even if it's just a bruise, is altering your motion, right? To altering your delivery. So, oh, it doesn't hurt as much when I land. And that's where the arm injury then comes from. So, you want to even, you know, just hitting the knee or hitting the leg and it hurts. Why can't he pitch? That's pretty much the reason there. And Alvarez, it's not like they know why his hands have been hurting the past year. Yes, he produced wonderfully when he was healthy, will he be able to play through it again this year or will something need to be done as far as correcting it? So it is a risk. We're talking underdog. Alvarez was one of my favorite. I think I jokingly and not so jokingly did a draft. I don't have any Alvarez yet. And I, I think I got the fifth pick and they're like, cool, I'm going to get Alvarez tonight. And he went fourth. So uh, I don't know that I'll be doing that anymore. As far as Alvarez goes, I've got my piece. But, wow, he hits so well, right, when he's healthy. But they don't know why his hands keep getting hurt. Yeah, it's a little scary, but you have to at least feel a little better that he got yeah. into some spring games, at least saw some some live pitches. Yeah. Um, so take note that Jordan did make his debut hitless, but at least he was uh, active for a, for a Grapefruit League game. All right, real quick, we're going to pause, bring you a quick word from our friends at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper redraft and best ball leagues. Every fantasy league kind of has its own history. And if your league has been around a while and has evolved to include different categories, maybe you guys have made some unique rules for your own specific league over the years. Well, Fantrax can customize for whatever you want. Maybe you do seven by seven now, or so maybe you do, uh, old school full by four by four. You can do whatever you need. Fantrax makes it super easy. They can import any of your current leagues and customize as needed. And they offer the most in-depth player pool in the industry. I'm regularly getting emails uh, noting new players added to the pool. Some that I've never even heard of. Most I've never heard of. They're all over it. Uh, do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax is the only answer. Waivers, categories, scoring system, schedule, Fantrax, Offers custom solutions for all that and more. And the best part, it is free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 
Simply go to fantrax.com slash rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. I was uh, lucky enough to do a main event draft last night, picking third. And with that, I got my number one player on the board. Julio Rodriguez is my number one. I got him. Thrilled with that. Um, And then... Mike Trout was still there when it came back to me in the second. So 15-team league, that would put Trout at 28 overall. I thought maybe he'd get a little helium after the WBC, but it seems like actually his pitchers are getting pushed up uh, in in the main event anyway. Trout is falling. Yeah. All right. So you got two outfielders. That's not really a big deal in today's pool. You can It's a little bit thin, and you can find some infielders – a little bit later. Yeah, that's an interesting start. Um, I've got Rodriguez in the top five. So, you know, taking him number three, I, I don't have number one. I have Trey Turner still at number one, then Jose Ramirez at two. And I think I have Judge third, but then I'm going to have to ask myself that question. You know, it's so close to Rodriguez, who I think I have fourth. It's like, hmm, which, you know, they're both risky, which has the greater upside. Maybe Rodriguez. I don't, you know, if I want the steals. So to me, that's a top up, toss up. But I have the number one pick in a DC Express tonight. And it's going to be Trey Turner for both of you that are listening. Hey, we got 31 eyes on the chat right now. So we're <laughs> on the live stream. So your uh, your advice is not well, falling on Hopefully, we got 62 eyes. I don't want to, I mean. Oh, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so in the third, you know, I took Real Muto. I was really considering jumping a starting pitcher. You know, it is the main event after all. But I decided to roll the dice, get the best catcher in the game, get some steals from a ke- from a position that you never get steals from. Love GT Real Muto. But then it was time to start putting together the yellow brick road, Todd. I had to, after three straight hitters in a main event, you got to start hammering pitching. And that's what I did with the next four picks and actually five of the next six picks. Uh, my first pitcher was Ryan Presley. So, you know, I, two of my first f- three pitchers were Ryan Presley and Clay Holmes. I kind of went with the ace reliever strategy since I got priced out on, or I guess I should say because I passed on the top tier starters. Yeah. Well, you had me with your first two and you lost me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So many different ways to skin the proverbial cat. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you, Nobody has all the answers. In this yeah. Game. I mean, if this were an online, Rotowire online, I'm not even sure that you would have done the same thing with a 12-team league. But in a 15, it also doesn't kind of speak to your trust to build a pitching staff later in the middle of end rounds? or. I think you could say that because what's more important to me than, like, getting an ace, quote-unquote, or, you know, getting two aces, whatever, is just building the best staff one through nine. Yeah, I think that's what's that's the challenge. It's not, oh, am I going to get my ace? The challenge is building the whole staff. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I've often said, I'll let you beat me one to three, but I'm going to, you know, beat the heck out of you four to eight. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of what my, where I'm looking. And maybe that may, involves some streaming and spot starting, but that's kind of my plan. I'll let you have a better top three. I want to have a better stat. And if it's not better, it's close enough that, the edge I have in hitting because I wasn't investing in pitching early will make the team better. You know, have, has it worked out that way every single time? Heck no. But that's at least, that's at least my approach. And I don't know. I just, uh, I, I need to make some changes to win a little bit more, but I still have to do what's most logical. And we talk about, you know, we need an ACE. You also talk about needing at bats. The bats come from the first couple of rounds. So it's, it's, you can't have everything. True. And so while I went with that, uh, you know, two guys who I think are top 11 ish closers, Presley and, and Holmes, those are kind of the, it's like in the pillar, the dual pillar closer strategy. But in between them, I sandwiched Joe Musgrove, who I bumped up significantly in light of his progress from the toe injury, dropped the toe. Uh, dropped a weight on his toe, Joe Musgrove did uh, a little while back, but making great progress. Sounds like he could, you know, be ready pretty much right away, April 6th, potentially. So maybe just, uh, you know, maybe I could have him for the first full week of uh, action. And 
Look, I think I bumped him back up to like around 55. It's a stretch. I get it. But do you think Joe Musgrove could end up passing as an ace in a 15-teamer? I think he's a bottom-end ace because I don't want to say a catch-22, but there's an issue kind of, you know, I'll correct my own mistake in my own statement here in that I don't think he's he, – with the six-man rotation and, and a little bit hurt early on, I haven't projected for 28 games. I'll have the star – I'll have the studs projected for 31, 32 games, the Garrett Coles, the Coburn Burns. So he's a little bit behind as far as that goes. However, once you get into those 30-game start, if you feel – I would take Musgrove at 28 better than over a guy that I feel will get, say, 30 starts. That's a little bit worse, but the magic formula puts him higher because the 30-start guy is going to get more Ks and potentially a win a win or two more, and the ratios aren't that much worse that it, that affects things too much. So, yeah, I would, I'm not at all averse to having Musgrove. Uh, I haven't run my numbers after the update yet, so I don't know exactly – where I have him, I could try to fig- find out as we're speaking, at least amongst pitchers, where I have Musgrove. But I've always had him in that 15 to 20 range amongst starters. So, yeah, he's a back-end SP1, high-end SP2. Yeah, even though he may get a slightly delayed start to the season, I still think he's a good bet to, to push up toward 180 innings where he's been past two years. So, yeah, I had to get creative a little bit, but uh, I don't hate Joe Musgrove as an ace, and uh, especially when you go with the you know super heavy hitting early. Uh, grabbed Chris Sale as my SP2. I admit that's a stretch, but then I really like Drew Rasmussen as my SP3 in a 15-teamer. I was happy with that. And then I did grab Anthony Volpe in the 11th and – yeah, I'm not really in the business of handcuffing in, in fantasy. It kind of limits your upside. But I grabbed Oswald Peraza a little later. Then I did that kind of thing with Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd as well. So, um, you know, my final pitching spot on my active roster, I added Schuster. Then in the reserves, I grabbed Dodd. Both guys are shoving the spring. Do you have a preference um, there? Are you interested in one or either of these guys? I I – I don't put my eyes on these guys like James does, et cetera, does the research on prospects, that sort of thing. It's all number scouting and and reading the numbers. It seems as though Schuster has a small leg up. So I guess it's Schuster. But I ended up with Dodd in my Tout Wars reserve draft. I don't think I got Schuster. So I think early on they both could pitch. And maybe they're pitching to see who stays in the rotation. Uh, maybe when Soroka comes back, they have to go to a six man because right now they're pitching for number five. But someone could get hurt, etc. Yeah, I mean, you need at least like what eight pitchers to get through a big league Probably, season. Probably, yeah, yeah. And like I think those both both those guys could uh, could be valuable at certain points. And this at least gives me some time to see, wait and see what happens. And same with Peraza and, and Volpe. I think both of those guys could be valuable. So it's not something where it's a it's a total handcuff. It's a, it's right. a handcuff with upside, I'd say. Yeah. Um, grab Christopher Morrell. You're not a big Morrell guy, are you? I am just concerned where he's going to play more than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, so maybe playing a little bit here, a little bit there is good for him. I don't know. I just don't know where. And this this is a team that doesn't have the Cubs, you know, set nine. But I have trouble finding out where he's going to play. Or maybe I'm wrong. He's going to play a little bit. Maybe that's an, maybe that's a it's a feature, not a bug of Morel, in that he can play everywhere. I don't know. I just uh, do. We have him number one of the depth chart anywhere. Um, we do not. But we've got him second uh-huh. and third, and a little bit second base, center field. I just I'm just not sure where he's going to play. Or someone's hurt. Suzuki's hurt. Suzuki's hurt. Yeah. So that could move Mancini to the outfield. Uh, you also have Edwin Rios to help out. Say Patrick Wisdom goes to DH, and you can have Morel and or Rios play third. So early on, there's some potential playing time for Morel. But now that Nick Madrigal is healthy and Horner moved over to second, um, I don't. This that's where Morel would naturally play. I just I don't know where he's going to play. Yeah, I saw you had Homer the 
homered the other day, and not that that means much, but he has second base and OF eligibility. Yeah. Gives me a little flexibility with Oswald Peraza. You know, if he doesn't do anything, maybe I could move uh, Morel to middle infield and start like David Hensley. That could be what I'm looking at if uh, yeah, if I have to on opening day. But we'll see how what the Yankees do with that decision. I do, do think Volpe's probably getting the, the nod. And that probably means Oswald Peraza to the minors. But um, I still think I'll probably hold on per, to Oswald Peraza for a little bit. See how he does, and maybe if like Donaldson gets off to a bad start, maybe hold on to him a little bit longer. Brian Bayo was the guy I got in the reserves. Bayo's got a forearm issue for your Red Sox right now, Todd, but I just saw from Chris Cotillo of MassLive.com that Brian Bayo pitched in a minor league game today, Friday, on the backfield. Three innings pitched, one earned run, four Ks. So 42 pitches for Bayo on the backfields, 24 strikes. I like this stuff, and I just feel like inevitably, like when he's healthy, I feel like Brian Bay is definitely going to be in that rotation. Am I wrong about that? Um, there's so many injuries; it's it's tough to say. But I I think the Red Sox want to have him in there, at least towards the back end. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more seasoning. James Paxton, Garrett Whitlock, you know, and up front you've got you've got a uh, you know obviously Sale, who we talked about. Kluber, Pavetta. So I don't know that it's a sure thing, but with that back into that staff, I think Bayo gets some time at some point. But he is working on a third pitch. Wouldn't be too surprised if he's in the minors to try to hone that. Now he's got the fastball and the and the uh, devastating changeup. Needs fastball command for it all to work better. And I got. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name right now. The other Red Sox starter, but he's... Uh, Tanner Houck. Tanner Houck, of course. I had H in my head, but I was thinking Hensley because I just said his name. But yeah, Houck. Uh, so I got more kind of insurance there. So I kind of built a lot of insurance into this roster, actually. But I, I actually like Houck quite a bit, too. And they're already dealing with, with depth issues in, in Boston. And just yeah. upside, I think, with both Bayo and Houck. Yeah, their arms you want, and let and I think Whitfield in the same. You put Whitfield in there too. You, these are arms you want. We don't know the roles. Signing Whitlock. Kendrick. Did you say? I think you said Whitfield, but yeah, I meant Garrett Whitlock. I yeah, I probably Whitburger and and with this and with that, Garrett Whitlock. Yes, Whataburger. Whataburger. Just wanted to confirm. Hey, they're Absolutely. making a Whataburger. Uh, uh, well, no, actually, not, do I do I look like Colette? But um. No, I um, I'm a five guys guy. Once, once in okay. a while. See, I'm but, a Culver's guy. They probably okay. You okay. may not be familiar, but Culver's. No, I think they're regional. I think there's something else here and something else there. Hmm. Um, but um, yeah, Tanner Houck and 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 Whitf- Whitford Whitford. Uh, you know that that's Brad Whitford from Aerosmith. Um, now, I'm just, now I'm just being silly. I'm trying to think of all the different wits I can. But uh, Ed Whitson, here we go. Uh, Whitlock, they're all hurt. James Paxton's hurt. See, I think when a house, I think it would be great if they would piggyback Paxton and Hauk. And you've got the lefty righty, you've got the junk ball. Well, Paxton's not a junk ball, but you've got the contrast in styles. I don't know that that's how they will go, um, you know, to try to overtake Baltimore in fourth. Oh, boy. Uh, Hmm. If that's the the goal, you got Chris Sale. Uh, I didn't get to make the joke last time we spoke, but at least you don't have to worry about the Red Sox saving innings for the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably out of reach this year. <laughs> I, it's just a tough division, and mm. you know they just have a lot of blow-up risk, it seems like, a lot of volatility on that roster. It feels like a lot yeah. of things could go wrong. They have a new leader in the clubhouse and Rafael Devers. They they really want him, it seems like, to step up and and uh well, take that leadership role. I know, you know, it's whatever. You you mentioned the Red Sox now I'm gonna go off. No, I'm just it's you know the whole leadership role so many things are in limbo la- you know I want Bogarts to step up. Well pay him. You know, Martinez JD is kind of a he was also somewhat lame duck and kind of quiet. So I I do think the fact that they signed Evers and they like him, I I think he can be a leader. 
now that you know the scenario sort of dictates it. Um, is he going to be the rah rah? I don't know. I think he's more of a play, you know, leader by the way he plays as, as opposed to being back. And it's still, you know, Kiki Hernandez is still other other guys that have the reputation for being the behind the scenes leaders. But I think Devers is at a point now where uh, we could start to see some even better stuff coming from Devers. I paid 35 in an auction for him last night, may have chased a buck or two, but um looking forward to being able to root for him two different ways next year, this year. Uncle Ted Talk says in the chat that he's he's passing on Hulk and that he'd actually rather have Dre Jameson of Arizona than Hulk. Well, Hulk I disagree, but uh, Dr- Jameson is an interesting arm. I think Jameson is starting. We don't know what – I mean, Hulk is a guy that you want in an AL only, I suppose. We don't If he's not starting and he's not, re- not closing, he could be really, really good, but just not that great for fantasy. And I think that's where we're at with Tanner Hulk now in that – He's probably going to be the ultimate swing man and deeper leagues. Okay. But I don't, there are just so many, I think there's so many good pitching options in today's game. Jameson being one are, are, uh, I just, I don't, he's injured and I, Arizona is an improving team, but absolutely. Jameson, you can make an argument for one of your back end streaming starters. And while we're on the topic of the Diamondbacks, I just want to mention that in Tower Wars last weekend and, uh, you know, just the NFBC drafts getting underway, I've been seeing Scott McGuff, uh, M-C-G-O-U-G-H, that's the spelling, uh, of Arizona being drafted seemingly as the closer. And uh, I got the sense doing XM with you today, Todd, that you – you're very, you're, uh, I don't want to say very much, but you're interested in McGuff. If you're playing the speculative closer game, I think he's gone from, all right, he's the only one left. I'll take McGuff to in that bucket of speculative closers. Mm-hmm. Now there's a bucket of like Jason Adams and, and Paul Seawold. So you're going to get like 10 saves, 15 saves. And then there's the McGuffs and, I don't know, Boxberger and uh, who else would the uh, – Hughes is hurt. Who else in the Cubs guy now? We talked about him earlier. Uh, the guy Fulmer? Fulmer. From They're America. more of the speculative, speculative type that are get the job. They could be the closer. Um, so it's do I want McGuff and maybe get 20, 25 saves or do I want to lock in Jason Adams' 10 uh, you know, it depends on the team. It depends on what I'm doing, you know, how I want to go about it. Um, you know, McGuff or Kyle Finnegan, that's kind of tough because Finnegan probably has a job, but it's somewhat precarious and how many saves we get from the Nationals sort of thing. You know, McGuff or Kimbrell, you know, I think maybe I think maybe McGuff is the choice there. So somewhat format and context dependent, but well, you know, Ginkle actually Ginkle's pitched really well. Kevin Ginkle has pitched well this spring, so we can't. Yeah, just, that's a name to. It's yeah, good to throw out. There, can't yeah. just shake it off. But McGuff closed, and both one of us should have looked this up over the break where he pitched. Right, uh, it was overseas, uh, Japan. Yeah. Okay, he closed in Japan, <clears throat> and he closed <clears throat> successfully. So, he, you know, whether he had carries that over or not, he does have ninth inning experience. Good point. Yeah, man. I mean, and there's very much, I mean, nobody there with experience. So uh, he could he could slot in as the closer. And I, I had him in mind to take last night in the main event. He went, I think, earlier in the reserves, like okay. early reserves. Okay. I ended up pulling a James Anderson, a page out of the James Anderson playbook and took Ben Joyce with one of my final picks. The closer role is pretty wide open there in Anaheim, too. I know Jimmy Hergett. What Carlos Estevez are kind of the top two guys drafted, but Ben Joyce pumps 105, folks. And uh, <laughs> not 105 eventually, pounds. no, he's 105 miles per hour. And I think eventually he will be the closer there. Maybe I don't have, I won't have the patience or the time to wait, but uh, it's just a flyer to see what, what happens. All right, let's take a real quick break and uh, we'll come back with our underdog best ball segment. After these quick words from our Blue Wire sponsors. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link here with Todd Zola. And we will now transition to our underdog best ball segment of the week. Had a lot of fun talking best ball with you and doing these. Uh, dinger drafts on underdog having a lot of fun and uh values always changing it's always a moving target so we'll talk about some players that we're personally bumping up the players on the rise for us personally and number one on my list todd is miguel vargas drafted him last night in the main too but i just always find him going way lower than he should i always jump like i think i've been taking him like the 160s his adp on underdogs around 200 so i've been jumping several rounds to get him um, and as I've become more familiar with the underdog format and just how I go about building teams, I, I've started to go outfielder really heavy, and that leaves me cleaning up on the, these infielders, and Vargas, just a great, great price. So as I'm looking to make up uh, infielders late and get to seven infielders, Vargas is a guy I love adding to my team. You know, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I have not played for a little over a week. We had tout wars, and I had work to do when I got back. Now, the beauty, one of the beauties of underdog is, I mean, it's not, you know, drafts at night. They're literally drafts 24-7. If there are 10 people that want to draft at the same time, it's just kind of a, a running roster of drafts. My point being, I'm going to be, I can draft, make up a lot of drafts because I can draft during the day next week before before the season starts. So I'm going to make up for the, the lost time. I can't, I don't know exactly who are risers because I'm not sure of the field now. But in general, maybe I need to think about it more, but we only have 20 spots. I want to kind of, at least in my estimation, know the guys playing and playing regularly. And I don't know that Vargas is there for me yet. On the other hand, when there's two and a half million, well, maybe not two and a half million, when there's so many people playing this game and you want to win, you know, you want to win the overall, you need differentiation and Vargas is perfect for that. So I see the plus, and this is the same. This is the same thinking I have in DFS, where I'm a cash game player because I want safety. I know to win the tournaments, you need to take a chance on some of these guys, and it's just not completely built in. Now, I have so many underdog teams that I probably should take a chance on a Vargas and more of them. So I'm writing that down. Vargas, V A. Okay, we're good. Yeah, he's. I think the Dodgers are high on him, and I think they're going to need him in the middle of that 
that lineup. Uh, I, you know, I had five top five players on the rise, but these two I bundled together, and it's kind of cheating because they're getting a ton of helium on in the NFBC. But Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen, both guys really exciting, and uh, pretty much you can throw their ADP out the window at this point. If you want them, you're going to have to jump them quite a bit. And uh, I've been seeing them go earlier and earlier, and I've been the one forcing the issue on occasion on both Springs and Rasmussen. So. Two players very much on the rise for me, both in underdog and in standard roto. Yeah, I'm looking through my my roster ship levels, and I I know I have a lot of Rasmussen, and I'm I'm at I'm at the at the point where I have him on at least four teams, and I haven't seen Rasmussen's name yet, so I have him on more than four teams. So uh, I agree with you on Rasmussen. Yeah, you know what, Springs is is the way to get the differentiation, and he. He throws innings, and that counts. That counts on underdog. Um, and I, I love Tampa pitching in general, so I kind of with both of those picks. Next up on my top five players on the rise on underdog, Hayden Wesneski. Love what this kid is showing this spring, and we talked a little bit about him on the on XM, and just been catching the attention of a lot of people. Um, I think we talked about them on this show too. They all run together a little bit, but two one two ERA this spring, twenty two to six K to walk in seventeen innings. He's there way late. I wouldn't wait until your final rounds, but I'd you know final few rounds. I'd make sure you get Hayden Wesneski on your team. I love him as a sixth or seventh pitcher on your team. Yeah, I'm kind of frowning right now because I'm seeing Brendan Rodgers on eight teams and and Van Gr- Juan Grissom on seven. Ooh, oh. oh wow. Well, these are like my, if you say, six and seven. Yeah. And I'm not giving up on Grissom yet. We didn't talk. Actually, we didn't talk about him at all yet so far. So, um, but yeah, not, I mean, I know you were very much invested. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not, sorry, but no, sure yeah, we'll be fine. We can, well, we can, I, when we're past the underdog, we can, we can move into that. But yeah, um, Wisniewski, I'm only drafting six pitchers now. Do I trust hmm. him enough to pitch all year long? I think it depends upon who's available. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm taking, I'm not taking Nick Pavetta who's often available late guys like that. So I can see shooting. I can see shooting for the stars with Wesneski. Absolutely. So I've been doing the seven, seven, six roster breakdown. You're no longer doing that. Seven, seven pitchers, seven infielders. Six I'm to six pitchers talking okay. to um, Scott from baseball on, I think our podcast, um, he su- he suggests six seven seven, uh, mainly. Yeah, okay. And you know, I'm for me, outfield is so ugly that I don't want to get a seventh one. But um, that's one reason to do it is you have another mm-hmm. shot for someone to jump in. And that's a good point. and I kind of agree with him in that you you want the reason to do this is to get a couple of really good starters and lock in maybe your two guys that are going to get in there every week, and now you have four guys. Because the lineup as three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and a flex, then the the other four pitchers battling for that final pitching spot, as opposed to five pitchers battling. So and, and to get that extra infielder or outfielder, um, so that's what I early on it was seven pitchers. I've been at six lately, not and 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 trying to get a couple of aces early. It helps that I'm on Wheeler and Gausman who at least when I was playing a couple of weeks ago, I was ahead of the market. So it was all, I knew I could get them. I don't mm-hmm. know how it is now. Yeah. I, I just think the, the roster construction is an interesting part of the underdog and something I've had to learn. And I, I think yes. um, it's definitely very different building a team on underdog compared to just the standard Roto league. Next up on my list of, Players on the rise and underdog, Jerickson Profar, <laughs> all has to do with him landing in Colorado. So I've been taking him over guys like Jake Fraley and those types as my one of my final outfielders. And as we were doing, I was doing the board for NL Labor last weekend, and Peter Kreutzer got Profar for like three or four bucks in three the bucks. NL only. Yeah. Three bucks. And then he like signed with Colorado like 15 minutes later. So it was great <laughs> timing for him. And now that he has this landing spot, I, you know, because outfield gets so ugly, I, I, I like jumping pro far way ahead of ADP. He'll be buried on underdog for, for the time being. Yeah, I am looking. I got him in one league. and just why not? And this is months ago or weeks ago. All right, 
best ball, you want to embrace variance, you want to embrace splits. Yeah, there are going to be weeks where Colorado's home seven games and Profar is your third outfielder. That's To me, that's what you're looking for with those outfielders at the end. You're looking for um, reasons for them to have a spike week, good ballpark, that sort of thing. And my number five, players on the rise, we talked about it earlier, and I, I gave a spoiler alert, uh, James Altman. Just another situation where, look, it gets hairy there. Outfield is so pushed up on underdog. Why not take a chance on him over, like, I don't know, Nelson Cruz or some of those really ugly outfielders at the end? Um, Altman is buried by ADP, but I noticed last night, I, I did a couple after my main event because I still had the itch. I'm loving underdog. Just knock out a draft super quickly. And um, I missed Altman in the main event, so I got him late and a few subsequent underdogs. And, yeah, just, yeah, old for his level, but number scouting just looks really strong, James Altman. Yeah, I'm just not sure that I'm – now, if it's my seventh outfielder and I'm looking for differentiation, yes, because those few weeks he pops into that number three spot, you you, you could be getting more points than everybody else now. Just, I mean, no, it's not what we're talking about. You mentioned buried in ADP. It is so easy to download their, their being underdogs, CSV rankings, and either copy-paste your rankings using Excel lookups and all that stuff, or just simply, you know, cut-paste and, you know, rearrange that sheet, re-upload it. So you're not looking at their ADP. You're looking at your rankings. Their ADP is listed. But he's not buried if you're using your rankings. And it's so easy to input your own rankings. Yeah, I just mean if you don't have that and you're just doing it on your phone or whatever, you're right. able no, to no, throw them sure. in your queue so you don't right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm just saying it's, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a boon of this site where it's just yeah. so easy to take their CSV, alter it, and put it back in, and you get your rankings. Yeah, totally. That's a great feature of Underdog. And that'll do it for our Underdog Best Ball segment of the week. I underdog. I've had a ton of fun playing Underdog. And I'm going to be doing about a – I got about 90 bucks on my account still, so I'm going to be doing about a draft per <laughs> night uh, every day until opening day. And I also want to just give you a little bit more information about Underdog. The fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy. The easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB Best Ball Tournaments live including the Dinger, which I've been playing a lot. Uh, the Dinger has $500,000 in total prizes. In best ball, all you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineups each week. That's three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code RWMLB. And not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to 100 bucks, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. Well, I already have the $100,000 team drafted, so you can aim for second place on Underdog. Well, Todd, let's talk a little bit about Von Grissom, who you, you alluded to Um you're going to be in a tough spot in a couple of leagues. How are you going to, uh, if if you can, how do you think you're going to make up for the uh, demotion of Von Grissom on your fantasy teams? Well, first, I got him at a discount, at least according to my numbers, and I was fully aware of the scenario. I did not expect I, – I was aware of it, and ex- I expected him to still win the job. Um, I think I paid 17 for him, and I had him as a $27 player, something like that. It was in the 17 form in the NL only. NL, NL only Tutwars, yeah. Um, over last weekend, I think it had him a 25 to 30 dollar tier. I think he'll be back. I think he'll be up. And I know there's a lot of talk about he's getting more, Atlanta wants more uh, control. They don't play control, they extend their youngsters, right? So, I, I mean, mean, they they have so many team friendly contracts that, yeah, they would, I don't think. Service time is a consideration here. Yeah, honestly. I mean, so I think it's it's genuine why they want him to go down, and whether it's to get more reps in a game they just haven't seen enough at shortstop, etc. But I think he'll be up. 
Um, what I'm, I meant in doubt was it's so tough to replace, even in reserve, it's, it's really hard to find active players to, to backfill. I don't know what my team's going to have. I, I think I've got Vientos right now and enough flexibility to get Mark Vientos in my lineup, which it, people are saying who, or they're saying Blech, one or the other. I don't know which, um, but there were over the past weekend, there was some scenarios for Vientos to get more playing time with, with the Mets. So I took a shot. We shall see. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, the, I don't think, I don't think we've seen the last of Vaughn Grissom and that's, that's kind of a dumb thing to say. Of course we haven't, but um, I say a lot of dumb things, but uh, you know, Arcia at shortstop. I don't know. I just see, uh, I do see Grissom coming up before June and I, in order to earn 17, I just need him to play four months. It's kind of a tough spot, second base to backfill, as you kind of alluded to. Like it kind of gets a little ugly there. I wonder if maybe some people will look at like Michael Massey of the Royals as a fill in at second. I saw him drafted in the main. Um, I don't see it, but well, yeah, second people is, who who drafted Grissom are kind of going to be uh, in this tough spot. I, it's more, but it's more about a it's it's quantity, not quality. So do you, you know, Joey Wendell, there are, there are guys available. They're just not studs. I'm looking at, all right. I have Yuli Gurriel as well. The were you know, at the time there was a possibility that Gurriel would play a little bit for Miami. Now, both he and Iglesias could be on the roster bubble, mainly because the Marlins want to keep both Jesus Sanchez and Brian De La Cruz. La Cruz would have been on one on the bubble previously, because he has options left and Sanchez does not. So, yeah, how I fill in is going to be tough, especially because I've got both J.D. Martinez and Nelson Cruz. But like I said, I've got enough flexibility that I could pretty much take almost any position and find a way to make it work. All right, any infielder. No, i got Will Myers in the outfield. So I could probably replace Grissom with anybody. I got Josh Rojas at second. So yeah, I can easily or four second. The best available hitter, I can replace uh Grissom. Unfortunately, I think you're the best available hitter. <laughs> that, that's pretty bad, to say the least. Um yeah, so you know, we're not giving up on Grissom, but maybe you overdrafted him a little bit. I gotta own up to a guy I probably overdrafted in a few spots. Kyle Bradish. Like the skills. But he was just rocked for nine earned runs in a single you know, cactus or not cactus league. I think that's grapefruit league, right? For those, I believe so. Yes. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. single spring out and got give him nine earned runs, and now it's sounding like yeah, Kyle Bradish may not even make that opening day rotation. So he's a guy I lowered pretty big. I mean, if they don't go with him, we're looking like like maybe Tyler Wells, you know, Cole Irvin, Dean Kramer, all in that rotation. I thought that would be a you know, pretty easy spot for, for Bradish to win, but suddenly it's looking like not so fast as far as, you know, c- cementing him into that rotation. Well, this, this goes with Grissom as well in that, especially in only leagues, one of my favorite kind of targets are those that were expected to win the job, but didn't because you usually end up getting the job and you get him at a discount. Sure. I would have liked more of a discount than now that I know, the ultimate being, you know, the difference between being sent down and not playing much, much early with, with with Grissom, but yeah, I mean, I if you if you like Bradish before, I think you should still like him. Hopefully, knock on wood, you're in a league where you can stash and not, you know, soften the rest of your roster. Yeah, Bradish is not a guy I'm going to be looking to drop in this Fab period or even the next necessarily. But if he doesn't make that team. He could be kind of a tough hold because while I like the skills, I don't know if they're quite to the level of like, you know, mustache if he's Bradish is in the minors for a while. So um, I have to wait and see. But I paid four for him in Tot Wars head to head last week, which is a 12 team mix. So I probably would rather have that $4 back to uh, spend elsewhere right now. We'll see though. Um, okay. I had one of the, oh yeah, one last thing as we wrap things up. Uh, Rysel Iglesias is hurt for Atlanta. So A.J. Minter's suddenly becoming a bit of a trendy guy. He's getting some helium, as you'd expect, because we looks like he will be uh, filling in at closer for Atlanta. Now, Iglesias says he's hoping for a minimal stay, but 
who knows? It could turn into longer. And you mentioned your plan for the next two weeks. So Minter, I'd assume, is on your draft list at this point. Picked him up for two bucks in the auction last night, nice. in NPC auction last night, um, with David Robertson as my only other closer. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, a little surprised that the, maybe Elena will still go with a air quote committee. Um, but Minter was one of the tops holds guys last year, even though, you know, he's a lefty. Just Snicker just wants the, the best guy in the ninth, I guess. And he feels it's Minter. Yeah, Minter. Well, Yates is coming on there. Who is? Kirby Yates. Hmm. Coming oh, on a bit. Yeah. Tell you guys coming on a little bit and confirmed for the Reds opening day rotation. That's what we're all excited about. Uh, a Graham Ashcraft. I saw Eno Saris had a tweet about his stuff plus uh, grades. Yeah. Graham Ashcraft. And that's something that you can just see when watching him. He's got good stuff. And team context is a big negative. But as a reserve pick, I don't hate it. And I was actually kind of mad when I got sniped on Ashcraft last night. Yeah, uh, our, you know, our buddy Jeff, Jeff Erickson's been, what was his, he's not ready to take the Ashcraft cruise yet, or like, whatever his pun was. The world of Ashcraft. The world, yes, the world of Ashcraft. Um, not ready to go there yet. But, I mean, pitched, watched it a couple times last year. One very fateful time when I believe I had him in DFS, and I didn't do well in DFS that night. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. a tout daily night or not, but, yeah, he'll get strikeouts. Yeah, I think I, I wrote I write notes for a different for you know freelancer for a different project, and I think I wrote that Ashcraft has designs on making the the Reds into a big three and not big two. You know, a little bit of a stretch there, even calling Green and Lodolo a big two, but you know, a lower a low a lower level big three. And you know, I got to get over that one start that I saw him and not let it hurt my future feelings, but. Uh, that's tough to do. No, I um like to see it because to me the Reds are one of those teams where they're taking a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I guess it's for it's because they don't have a plan. <laughs> I like to see what their plan is. But uh, you know, you 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 and, and Jed, there's so many people I know that follow the team. I'd like you know Doug Dennis. I'd I'd like you guys to be a little happier. Well. It just kind of comes with being a Reds fan. You kind of just get used to it. Maybe in a few years we'll uh, finally have a light at the end of the tunnel. But you may have missed it, but uh, Graham Ashcraft on Wednesday against San Diego, six innings, one hit, no earned yeah. runs, ten strikeouts. So that'll that's a lot. It'll open right? some eyes. Yeah, I mean, he was you saw him on Pitching Ninja. Maybe I, I saw him there. Yeah, yeah, ten Ks over six innings, built up quite a bit. So. Yeah, I'm thinking he's a guy who probably will uh, be jumped up a fair amount this weekend. I, I liked him when he first came in, and I, I remember Kyle Farmer talking about how, man, this guy might have the best stuff on the team. From a stuff standpoint, Ashcraft is really good. We'll yeah, see if he's able to hone it. That was a stretch even back then. But uh, he does have good stuff. We'll see if he's able to take a step forward and overcome a Great American Small Park. Speaking of Great American Small Park, you know what park I'm kind of thinking is going to play kind of like you know, Coors Light this year in the vein of uh, Great American Ballpark last year? No, Rogers I Center. Uh, they moved in the fences, and I just but they made them higher. I guess, yeah. I, I don't think know. That's the thing we don't know. Yeah, we don't we know. Can model I just, it, but we don't know. I kind of feel like that park could. Uh, could see a jump in, in homers there maybe not quite great american ballpark levels but but it's it's already a hitter's park so that's what's going to be interesting mm-hmm. um how these how the new dimensions affect it and you know the air conditioning blowing in or out we don't know that yet and i you know I, i've got a lot invested in the blue jays pitching with gaussman and manoa so i'm hoping that at least those two can keep the ball in the yard and let's see what happens with the rest. But, yeah, it's already, you know, you, you watch it on TV. It doesn't look like a hitter's park, but it kind of is. So, And that goes beyond the fact they have good hitters. I think it was Steve Phillips, former Mets GM, who was talking on XM about the park changes and how 
I mean, it probably won't be like Dunedin or Buffalo, but it could be like kind of like a minor league band box in, in effect there at Rogers Center. Uh, great stuff today, Todd. Anything else on your mind, man? Nah, I, my mind is fried. You know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm saying that somewhat tongue, somewhat tongue in cheek. Looking forward to working with you over the over the weekend. Uh, yeah, XM a, the next two yeah, days. We got our buddies Jeff and, and James are off uh, drafting winners in Vegas. One of these years, we'll both get back there and and challenge them, perhaps. But for right now, they're they're repping us. Hopefully, doing it very well. And uh, yeah, I got to do a bunch of work the, uh, this afternoon to uh, darn it, MLB, all these moves all at once. <laughs> I, yeah, I was man. doing some work. I, I looked at the news yesterday and Iglesias and Hoskins and yada, you know, all these all these moves. It's good to see. We at least. Get them out of the way. Uh, one more week, we'll be talking about cuts for uh, this time next week. We'll talk about who made the team. And what else we'll be doing this time next week? Two-star pitcher grades. There we go. Yeah. God, I can't believe that's already here. <laughs> well, we'll do our thing, man. I'm looking forward to another strong season. Yep. Of course, draft season is important, and the draft is hugely important. But – Staying on top of your fab moves is half the battle, honestly. So we'll, we'll do our best to help you out every Friday throughout yeah. the season. We are sponsored by Fantrax and Underdog Fantasy. Good luck with this huge draft weekend, and we'll catch you soon on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.